We didn't. I don't think we skated that well. Guys didn't move their feet enough to, to even support the puck. Yeah, when guys had it, and then guys, uh, we all kind of made made some lapses in judgment with our puck play, and they kind of controlled the play the whole game uh, from the beginning. And you know, Hamdus in our D zone, they made some good plays at the seams and whatnot, and uh, made it tough on us. But we it was uh, a lack of us not not moving our feet, not ending plays, and then uh, when we got the puck, not moving our feet to make the plays. Floppy, it's ugly. It's ugly hockey. It's um, looks lazy. Um, there's going to be nights where you're not feeling it, but if you're not feeling it, it's uh, make the simple play and make them work for it and earn it at least. But we kind of didn't really make them work too hard tonight. Well, there you have it. Justin Falk right after the game talking about the Blues' fall to the Arizona Coyotes last night. They lost by a score of 6-2 to two in a game that really was controlled and dominated by the Arizona Coyotes from the start of the game right through to the end. For the third consecutive game to open the season, the Blues allowed the first goal of the game. And for the third straight game now, they have not had the lead. The Blues have not had a lead in a game yet this year. But Justin Falk talked about not moving the feet, talking about how they didn't have enough puck possession and killing plays. And that was a huge factor in last night's 6-2 loss. I'm Chris Kerber. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction. It's a podcast we put up the morning after every single Blues game. You'll get highlights. You'll get reaction to the game. You'll get a recap of the game. You'll hear from Joe Vitale and others, their breakdown, their veteran experience, their NHL player experience into the game. Also hear from coaches and players as well throughout the broadcast. But let's get it started. Tim Woodburn is a veteran broadcaster of 12 years of hockey play-by-play. That broadcast experience also includes over 30 years of covering major and minor league sports. Veteran sportscaster, a fellow St. Louis and a good friend of mine, Tim Woodburn, with your curbside two-minute game. It was an underwhelming performance by the St. Louis Blues Thursday night at Enterprise Center as the Arizona Coyotes thoroughly outplayed the Blues in a 6-2 road victory. The Blues are 1-1-1 on the season, have not scored a power play goal in three games, and have only four total goals in regulation for the first three games. Blues goalie Joel Hofer was hung out to dry on the first four goals he allowed in the game, not a soft one in the bunch. The Blues only trailed 1-0 after one period, but the Blues only had one extended cycle in the offensive zone in the first period, and that was in the last minute of the period. Down 2-0 in the second period, Jacob Verana secured a nice backhand pinch by Marco Scandella from the right point, walked out in the slot and beat goalie Connor Ingram stick side to cut the lead to 2-1. But just 42 seconds later, Michael Carsoni walked around Scandella and beat Hofer on a mini breakaway with a low shot and a 3-1 lead. Down 4-1 after two, the third period was miserable for the Blues, who allowed two more goals and were outshot 16-4 in the third period alone. Fans were relegated to the dreaded Ric Flair woo call with each other as the building became very quiet about halfway through the third period. Sammy Blaze scored the other goal for St. Louis in the third period after Verana salvaged a cycle with a nice glove pinch at the blue line before finding Blay in tight. Very quiet night for Jordan Cairo, who repeatedly had the bouncing puck trickle off his stick, and Robert Thomas, who was quiet on all fronts. The Blues toast Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. The year the Blues won the Cup, the Penguins came into St. Louis in December that year and beat the last place Blues 6 to nothing. And Chris, I had the same feeling walking out of the doors tonight as I did after that game. Gloomy. But it's only four games into the season. With a St. Louis Blues post-game two-minute call for curbside, this is Tim Woodburn.
All right, Tim, thank you very much. Well, like he said, it wasn't a great all-around game. There were some highlights, not many of them, but here are the highlights from last night's game. Hayes has the line down the left wing. They go on the wraparound and a toe save. Ingram got there and the skate kept it out from Alexandrov putting the Blues on top. Coyotes on the man advantage. Michelli into the slot, shoots and scores. Nick Bukestad with a power play goal for the third consecutive game to open the season. The Blues allow the first goal of the game. It's 1-0 Arizona. Pass off the mark, but the Blues get it back. Verona behind the D, shoots it on. Ingram will make the save. And it's worked by Torovchenko to center. He missed Pareko, and a puck coming back in. Schmaltz wide open, far side, tucked in and score. Turnover leaving the zone, and Clayton Keller gets another goal against the Blues. 2-0 Arizona. Shoot it high in the net, he goes over to the wing. Scandella's backhand holds it into the middle. Verona, shoot, score! Blues are on the board. Verona scored his first goal of the year for the Blues. And it's a 2-1 game with 12.58 to play in the second. Tucker hasn't been afraid to try to shoot that puck. No, he's really good at the blue line, too. They bring it in on him. Carcone shoots and scores. Right as we said that, Carcone goes right around Tucker and tucks it in. And it's back to a two-goal lead for the Coyotes before Talman can chuck one towel to the crowd. On the near wing goes to center, broken up by Falk on a nice play in the middle of the ice. But then they cough it up right in the middle. Schmaltz on the backhand, 4-1 Arizona. Pizza served up right in the middle. Yeah. Schmaltz caught it, buried it. 6.02 to go second. Coyotes now up by three. Michelli, out of the left-handed shooting. Finished defenseman, Valamaki to the far wing. One-timer on, score. Power play goal for the Coyotes. Zucker's gonna put it in. And it's 5-1 Arizona who have put up five goals for the fourth straight head-to-head -head meeting between these two teams. They go to center, shoot, scores! Sammy Blay on a feed from Verona, who just bulldogged that puck in from the blue line to the circle and make a pass. And it's a 5-2 game. The Blues get their second of the game. Blay tapping that one in for his first of the year. Coyotes shoot, score! What a wrist shot by Sean Dursey. Another glove side goal on Hofer. This one off the post and in, and it's 6-2. Arizona, the penalty killing, allowing three goals tonight. The puck along the so far side. Verona makes it pass to the near side. Breco shoots it on. That's saved, and that's the end of the hockey game, and a frustrating one here tonight as the St. Louis Blues fall to the Arizona Coyotes by a score of 6-2. to two. Joining us immediately after all the home games is Steve Vaught, and Steve Vaught gave us some real quick insight immediately after the game in terms of what he felt needed to be better and went wrong last night. I didn't think we were very clean uh, with the puck and in some stick battles as well. So our 10-foot support plays weren't getting made out there, and uh, it, it ends up being a lot of possession time against when you're not uh, connecting. Is this one of those games, Steve, where you look at what Pavel Buchnevich brings to the game, and boy, boy, it seems like you guys really missed him tonight. Well, yeah, he's a tremendous hockey player, right? So, you know, anytime you're missing a guy, it gives an opportunity for other guys to step up and do the job. And uh, that's on the rest of the guys to, you know, carry the weight when the guy's out. 
Hey, that second power play unit came over the boards for you in that second power play and started peppering some shots. Did you like the vibe that you felt from those guys? I did. You know what? We can still clean up a lot of stuff on it. We only had the two opportunities. Uh, I like the first part of the first power play. The second part of that first power play wasn't good enough. We ended up giving a couple scoring chances up again. We got, weren't clean. But that second one that went over with the Hayes unit, uh, you know what? They looked like we'll have a more shot threat mentality. We we're retrieving pucks and getting second, third at wax at it as well. So, you know what? There was some growth in that power play for sure. Well, it's time to get into a little deeper dive into last night's contest. Again, the Blues fell by a score of 6-2. to two. Now, they gave up three goals on the power play. They also gave up three goals that were a direct result of turnovers. Now, why is that important? Well, Craig Berube said prior to the game that managing the puck and keeping it away from those top lines, in other words, no turnovers, was going to be a huge key. Well, the Blues not only committed those three turnovers, but they committed them to the Arizona Coyotes' top line, and they paid a price. But there's a really unique aspect to those three turnovers as well, and we're going to get into that in my five takeaways from the game. Before we do that, let's jump down into a deeper breakdown with Joe Vitale. Joe, several different angles to, to look at tonight's game. You go with the fact that it is the first regulation loss, but starting with a trend here, that's now three consecutive games to open up the season where you've allowed the first goal of the game, and that is a trend that you want. So really, the Blues have been chasing a game, and you've now gone, it was 130 minutes plus another 60 tonight, so 190 minutes to open up the season without having a lead. Well, a lot of that has to do with puck possession curves. And, you know, I mentioned some of the centermen again tonight having a rough night. You know, Kevin Hayes at 37%, Braden Shen under 50% again. Robert Thomas was the only centerman that had over 50%. And another staggering one, Oscar Sundquist. And, and some of these losses really hurt to lose, especially that Dersey power play goal at the very end, 28% and the dot for Oscar Sundquist. So a lot of that, to me, of, of allowing the first goal and allowing early chances – comes off puck possession and, and you know you don't have Ryan O'Reilly anymore you don't have Ivan Barbashev who would jump in there um, so I think that one of the things that needs to get cleaned up is the face-offs you have to have more support from wingers you got to have centermen willing to tie up instead of snap it back because that puck possession and losing that puck possession early in games has really hurt St. Louis and like you said this is the first game that that first goal did not get called back and and Arizona just kept building uh, from there there's a lot of things that I think Steve Ott mentioned in the post game that he didn't like that 10-foot support, the 10-foot passing was not there. Uh, but ultimately, if you really take a, um, an aerial snapshot of this game, when did it start to go lopsided for the Blues? It was in that second period where those extended long shifts where they couldn't get off the ice, those lackadaisical shifts that went late led to turnovers. Three of them, in fact, in that second period all ended up in the back of your net taking the puck possession a little bit further now into the offensive zone. The Blues, from a shots-on-goal standpoint, had seven shots on goal in the first, 15 in the second, only four in the third. Six of the 15 in the second came on one power play. Well, came over two power plays. They had five on one power play. They had one on the other. Having said that, that means that seven in the first, nine in the second, and four in the third were even-strength yeah. shots on goal. That's not going to generate enough chances for you to score consistently to win games in the NHL. It's not. I mean, listen, you're playing a you're playing a risky game by only shooting the puck that many times. And listen, the Blues did it in the first two games. I mean, I forget the exact shot totals, but they weren't very high. 
But no, they, no, the shots on goal in the first two games uh, for the Blues were 24 in Dallas and then 25 against the Coyotes. So not crazy. I mean, you're still not over 30. I mean, that that's kind of the benchmark of, of getting a lot of shots on goal. So you're kind of flirting and you're playing this dangerous game where you're not generating a lot and you're getting away with it. I think the Blues did get away with it because they played so well defensively. Well, we saw some lapses defensively. When you have those lapses and you have those lackadaisical turnovers and maybe not the connectiveness you had in those first two, you better you better figure out a way to outscore your opponent, which they did a lot of last year. It was almost of who was just going to score more goals in the game. Uh, that's what this game looked like to me in a lot of ways. Uh, but, Curbs, you bring up the point of not getting a lot of shots, not generating enough. I think Steve Ott's, you know, his remarks about the 10-foot support, how many times in the offensive zone did we see one Blues player on it and he was just swarmed and surrounded where the separation and the gaps were just too much, where there wasn't the support there where you make that one small pass, get past one or two defenders, and then you go to set it up. On the flip side, Arizona did a great job of that. Plenty of support. They were they were around the puck. They were supporting each other. The nice, small little 10-foot passes were connecting, and that's what opened up their game offensively. So the lack of shots, the lack of sustained offensive zone time, to me, was all predicated based off of the fact that the Blues just were not close enough and not communicated enough because that puck carrier, every time in the offensive zone, you're going to get double teamed. You're going to get the defender. You're going to get the centerman. So you have to figure out where is that second layer of support? Where is he to the left, to the right? Is it a long pass? Is it a short thing pass? So the communication and the support just was not there, which to me led to not a lot of offensive zone time. They didn't draw enough penalties, and they did not get enough rubber at the net. You have to be careful scrutinizing a new system, a new scheme, like the the way the Blues are playing in their defensive zone too early as they they continue to try to move in to, to get it going. So to me, you get a little leeway to play with it. You get a little, little leeway for the new system to take, uh, in other words. However, do you think that the success of Arizona and the amount of offensive zone time they had tonight was a result of the Blues not playing as well defensively in their own zone, or did Arizona really manipulate the openings that that system may allow? I think it was actually more on the credit of the Arizona Coyotes. I, I don't know if the Blues were in a – it didn't seem as if they were running around in a terrible spot. A lot of times they were towards the middle, but you have to credit Arizona Curves because they did one thing that Seattle and Dallas just – could not find a way to do it, and that is hit that seam pass. We've seen the Keller line do it multiple times where you're on one side or on the half wall, and they curl up and they hit the seam play just underneath the forwards, just ahead of the defenders where Schmaltz was on the back door. I know it was a power play, but uh, think of uh, when I think it was Michelli ended yes. up hitting Zucker. It's yep. a power play, but it's through a seam. It's through sticks. That's something that the Blues did not allow very much of in the first two games, but they allowed too much of that. Now, one pass through a seam – that's where it gets a little bit hairy and things start to get really disorganized. Uh, I would also credit the, uh, the Coyotes for working the perimeter, holding on to it, realizing that they're going to give you time and space, and then using their points, and their points getting shots through. Again, I know the Jersey one's a power play, but it's shots through because you have time at the blue line. So I will say that this new system, this new scheme, uh, it, is, it is beatable. There are teams that have used it in the past, and they've been beaten by it. Um, it is the best scheme, I think, for this defensive group to have success in. So that's where they are going to continue to work through it. I think the spacing between the forwards can be a little bit tighter. They did get spread out a lot of times, and I think that's where those team plays happen. But like you mentioned, it's three games in. You have plenty of film now to go through how it went really well in the first two games. And now you have film to say, hey, this is where it doesn't look good at all, and this is what we got to get cleaned up before Saturday against the Penguins. All right. Well, it was a game that saw Joel Hofer in his first start and made a total of, uh, what is that, uh, 36 saves 
in the game. So you look at that, and this is a kind of a hard game to break down the goalie. It is, uh, but it's also I thought I think it's also a fair estimate to say that Joel Hofer would like to have a couple of those back. You know, I think that listen, he he's beyond his rookie status in my mind, and in, in his mind too. He he's an established NHL player. This is where Doug Armstrong granted him a one-way contract over two years. They're showing that hey, we believe in you, but you got to go out there and, and prove it. You know, I think the the one goal that kind of broke the camel, it seems like in this game, was right after the Blues made it two to one with the Yaku Verona goal. Uh, and then Arizona comes right back yeah. down and it kind of tucks away there. It just snuck underneath his right pad. You know, if, if Bennington's in the net, is that safe? Possibly. And do you keep your team in a better spot? I think he did a pretty good job of keeping it a two-goal game, especially when Arizona had a power play. And even when they had three chances on the kill. Remember, it was a 2 nothing game. He kept it 2 nothing. Of course, the Blues then go down and score the goal. They, they give a little bit of life. But I think that that third goal for Arizona in the second period, to me, that's where it was just like, whew, as a team, you feel like you feel like the gas just got let out where you allow that goal and right back you're down in the hole being down by two. So a couple of these backdoor, you know, you love to have back. The Dursey one at the very end, you know, he sees this shot all the way through. Although it's an elite shot, it goes in the corner bar and in. Um, you have to lean on your goaltenders to make some of those saves. So I think a fair estimate of Joel Hofer's game, and I think Craig Berube will, will back it up, is, you know, most of them, you know, we need to be way better in front of them. But certainly two or three of those I think he'd like to have back. All right, what do you have for tonight? Uh, that uh, The Bud Light three stars of the game in your mind and your work boots. Number three here tonight for the Blues, Jakub Verana. I thought he had a very solid game with two points. Uh, I liked Nick Schmaltz at number two, and let's give it to Clayton Keller at number one. They both had terrific games here. Work boots, I'm going to go with Sammy Blay. Had a great goal in the third period, plenty of hits as well, as always, and he ended up having ended up the game with a plus-two rating um, given the fact he'll lose the game 6-2. to two. So I think that line in, as a whole, Verana, Kevin Hayes, and Sammy Blay, you know, they are accounting for four, uh, two, excuse me, three of the only four goals the Blues have scored yep. in regulation so far this year. And this is where that third line is going to get favorable matchups. And, and they've put the hammer down offensively, and they're making things happen offensively. So that's the good. The bad right now, how do we figure out a way to get this captain's line going? Braden Shen's line, and certainly Robert Thomas did not have the best night. All right, Joe, thank you very much. Time now for my five takeaways from the game last night. Let's start with number five, sustained zone time by the Arizona Coyotes. They did a great job of not only keeping the puck in the St. Louis Blues zone, but they retrieved it when an errant pass happened. As a matter of fact, the Arizona Coyotes had an offensive zone possession time of 15 minutes and 8 seconds. That means of all their possession, over 50% was in the Blues zone. To give you a comparison, only 41% of the Blues possession of the puck happened in their offensive zone which is a span of just 11 minutes and 40 seconds. A big amount of difference when it comes to offensive zone time. And the sustained zone time by the Arizona Coyotes led to the pressure. It led to penalties taken and clearly led to the goals that they scored. On the flip side, the Blues just did not have enough zone time. A lot of one and duns, not a lot of second and third chances, if any at all. And that was a big key in the game. Number four. The power play unit. Once again, the Blues go over on the power play. Not a power play goal. As a matter of fact, after the first power play, and you already heard from Steve Ott earlier in the podcast, 
But after the first power play, on the second power play, Steve Ott came out with the second power play unit, and they clearly had a shot mentality as they fired five shots on goal during that power play. They were out there for the whole two minutes. That's more shots on goal on that one power play than the Blues had on their previous eight power plays combined. Gives you an idea of where it's going to have to get to, but that top power play unit is going to need more of a shot mentality like the second unit had if the Blues are going to break through on the power play. <laughs> Number three. Okay, we talked earlier about the unique aspect of the St. Louis Blues turnovers. Well, if you look at the three turnovers that directly led to the goals scored by the Arizona Coyotes, and we're not talking the three power play goals. These were their other three goals. On those three turnovers... Each turnover was caused by players that were towards the end of a shift. To give you an example, it was a turnover that led to a rush, and then the rush came in on Tyler Tucker. The goal that was scored with the player, Carconi, going around Tyler Tucker. Tucker was 45 seconds into his shift. That's the tail end of a shift. You want these shifts to be 35 to 45 seconds. The next turnover, it was a turnover by Alexei Torepchenko. Torabchenko takes the puck out of the zone. He's at the end of a shift. A soft pass trying to get it to Colton Pareko didn't have enough on it. He was a minute and 13 seconds into that shift. And then the other turnover, this one's a little bit tougher to, to really grade because it was a cleared attempt by Tory Krug. And it went off a player's skate and we had an unlucky bounce that ended up in the middle of the ice that resulted in a goal. However, 56 seconds into that shift after getting hemmed into the defensive zone. So if you look at the three goals, non-power play, scored by the Arizona Coyotes, all three were directly impacted by players on the ice that were at the end of the shifts. That's called managing the puck. And when you get tired, when you don't have your best at that moment, you've got to make the simple plays that allow you to get off the ice. All right, number two in the five takeaways from last night's game for the St. Louis Blues face-offs. And a player that really struggled on the face-offs, unfortunately, was Oscar Sundquist. He was under 30%. He was taking some really important draws and some key moments. I mean, everybody's got to take them at some point. And face-offs were not that good. The Arizona Coyotes won 55% of the draws. In the end, the St. Louis Blues, well, they won 45% of them. You had Robert Thomas right around 50%. You had Kevin Hayes with a good percentage, but didn't take as many draws and Braden Shen below 50%. It's not just about the centerman. The team has to work harder. The wingers have to get it and help out, but the Blues are going to have to clean up faceoffs. <laughs> and then finally, your number one takeaway from last night's game for me, the shots on goal. The Blues allowed over 40 shots on goal. Braden Shen addressed it after the game. He said, we cannot allow that many shots on goal, especially when it's the first game of the year for Joel Hoffer. He said, we hung him out to dry on those. But that's three straight games now where the Blues have allowed over 30 shots on goal. This one is season high over 40. Is it part of the system that the Blues are employing? Yeah, you will see more shots on goal coming from the outside. Having said that, that's too many. And in this end, they're not getting enough shots on goal. So the Blues have yet to get 30 shots on goal. They're allowing well over 30 shots on goal a game. And that's a ratio that just will not lend to success. So those are the five takeaways from the game. Look, you got to give the Arizona Coyotes a lot of credit too. They played well. They found the seams in the Blues systems. They had second and third efforts on the puck. And they earned that victory last night. But keep in mind, that's now four straight games where the Arizona Coyotes in head-to-head -head action going back to last season have put up five 
or more goals on the St. Louis Blues. There's three more head-to-head meetings this season between the two teams. The season series is going to be done by December 2nd, but the Blues are going to have to clean this up in a real hurry, or that could be four difficult divisional games before you even get to Christmas time this year. Next up for the St. Louis Blues, the homestand continues before a trip up north to Canada into Winnipeg, Calgary, and Vancouver. But Saturday night, the Pittsburgh Penguins come to town. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang all coming into town. The Penguins, after four games, they're 2-2. Two and two. They've scored 14 goals, but they've allowed 12. Can the Blues find some kind of offensive output to get on top of the Pittsburgh Penguins? We'll find out on Saturday night. Maybe they get their first lead of the season as well and be able to play with one of those for the first time in four games. Hey, thanks for turning into Curbside Reaction. We put up the podcast with all the features and the highlights and the breakdowns the morning after each and every St. Louis Blues game. You can subscribe on all your podcast formats or just click on the link and listen to it as well. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll see you Saturday night. Blues and Penguins at Enterprise Center.